action. They've got to take action now that because you don't know when you don't know when you won't have a chance to take action. All right. That's it. Take action. Massive. I won't waste another minute. No, I won't. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential, growing to the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? Well, that's the big question. In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions and more. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. A big shout out to Fallible Nation. You guys make this possible, and a warm welcome to our first-time listeners. Hey, thanks for checking us out. I hope you enjoy the show. My name is Brent, and today my guest is weight loss coach, Alan Thomas. Alan, welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me here, Brent. Great to be here. Alan, we're going to have some great conversation today. I'm excited about you being here. We're going to talk about the taboo subject of weight loss. <gasps> Everybody's so uncomfortable, but I think it's going to be a great conversation, but we like to start a little easier. So how is your trivia? How is my trivia? Uh, I am i don't usually do well in Jeopardy, but I'll, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> I'll give it a try. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. I just like the batting average, I think, right now is like one in ten on getting it right. I, I just look for random okay. on the internet that Go I could not measure. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Let's see if I can get it. <laughs> okay. What type of food holds the world record for being the most stolen food around the globe? Is it one, Wagyu beef, two, cheese, three, coffee, or four, chocolate? I'm guessing chocolate because Wagyu, be Wagyu beef's too rare to find. And, uh, and if you ever look for Wagyu beef, so what, what's the answer? You got me, got me. I was, it was my second would be cheese. So I'll give a backup answer. <laughs> so, but boy, the chocolates, chocolates, no, chocolate's definitely the answer for me. You're, you're going to have to wait, guys. You know the rules. Don't cheat. Write down your answer. If you're driving, <laughs> write down your answer. Just remember your answer. And we'll get back to that later in the show. Yeah. Now, Alan, I don't do giant introductions. That that doesn't really help people. Everybody's got accolades that it doesn't mean a lot to some people. So yeah. today, in this moment, who is Alan Thomas in your own words? Oh, wow. Great question. So I'm first a husband to a wife of uh, going on 38 years. We've been married 37 years. Uh, my wife, Angie, and uh, she's my business partner, my life partner, my and mother of of our four children, our four children. I say it like uh, they're when people hear the word children, they think of little little guys. But our our baby is a senior at the University of Florida. That's our only daughter. Um, our oldest son is a uh, is uh, just moving to Huntington Beach, California. He's an attorney that uh, went back to school. And our next oldest son it runs a high end restaurant. And our our third uh, third son is in training to work with us in our in our business. And uh, and so we've got four kids. We um, the one that gets top shelf is our dog Tank. So he's a uh, <laughs> he's a, a long haired dachshund who was a Rottweiler wannabe. So that's who we are. We live we live on a million in Florida. That picture behind me is a picture of a scale, and we'll, we'll get to some of that in a little bit. But but we uh, 
you know, from a from a life standpoint, uh, work and all that we do, uh, we we rescue men and women out of obesity by helping them lose the weight that really holds them back from living the extraordinary life that they were born to live. And, uh, and so from that's the, that's the elevator version, but you asked, and I kind of went down, uh, and went down the list of the earthly uh, things that I'm part of. So it's, it's not a simple question. I no, it's a great question. I love it. I love it. I, I laugh because I do this all the time with my guests. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I was in a guest situation on another podcast and they hit me with the same question. I was just like, oh, so that's what it feels like to be on this side of that question. <laughs> that's fantastic. No, it's a great question. Fair, fair enough. There we go. Alan, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Favorite flavor? I got a lot of them, man. I just uh, that that's a tough one. It's but it but it's got to be uh, chocolate mousse tracks. Yeah. Okay. It's prob- okay. probably going to be the winner if I if I had to pick one. But I like them all. Uh, my my dad was just a um, side note. Uh, God rest his soul. He was forty years with the company by the name of Siltest, who uh, used to manufacture Briar's ice cream when Briar's ice cream was Briar's ice cream. So, so I have um, I have it in my I have a little bit of that running through my blood. So, do you guys have a brand called Mpakwa where you live? We don't. We don't. I, I so they're I think they're more of this side of the country, but they just found a new flavor. Well, I just found a new flavor with them, and it's old-fashioned classic lemon bar okay and it's actually got like chunks of the you know bottom cookie part of the lemon bar and everything in it there you go oh my goodness like instant heart <laughs> like I, I took one bite and they did it so well i instantly jumped back to go into this little bakery with my grandmother when i took a bite of it you know now does does some bakwa make the i mean do they do the like the half gallon single serving sizes like so many other manufacturers no not, not that I found, at least not that i found at my local store they might what what what's their biggest size they make uh the only ones i've seen are just like the standard half gallons well that's yeah those are single single serving sizes yeah yeah the, the that's what <laughs> well they're single serving for me that's, <laughs> the, that's the that's the that that's uh yeah there's it's like the doritos bags that say family on them they're single serving and oh yeah 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 that, that's all a lie i, <laughs> I can burn through one of those bags i'm gonna hear you what hidden talent do you have hidden talent golly well, the one that comes to mind is is guitar that I don't u- use very much, but uh, Garage Band, uh, it, and I don't know if we can call that a talent, but but I was convinced I was going to be John Denver when I was uh, when I was a kid. So <laughs> God rest his soul. Uh, so, but uh, but yeah, that that would be one very few people know about, except my old Garage Band buddies. If you could learn one and ma- learn and master one skill instantly what would it be and why hmm, speed reading speed reading speed read, speedy reading yeah just uh, gather more knowledge faster okay what purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you made in the last year that's had the most impact on your life hmm hundred dollars or less hundred man that's tough because everything's like with inflation, it's like 500 bucks and more now. I mean, it's, uh, I gotta, boy, that's, that's the hardest one. $100 or less. 
that has had the greatest impact on my life? Probably the, um, the electronic, it, it was actually a gift of a hundred dollars less. So I'm going to, I'm going to count it as a purchase, but it was a, but it's an electronic lighter that uses, if you've seen them, they, it's a high frequency pitch, uh, sound pitch, but you use it to light a grill. Mm-hmm. And uh, to light a smoker, and it's—I can't call what the actual product name is—but but you push a button, it has a has electrical current running through it, which is the coolest thing in the world. And the wind, and we live on an island, so we have a lot of uh, a lot of wind. So when I'm lighting my smoker, it's nice not to have that blown out. <laughs> I can't believe that's what I can't. I can't believe that's what I came up with. But a hundred dollars, man, you got me on the hundred bucks. Gosh, that's a hard one. Actually, hang on, let me. Yeah, I'll just I'll stick with that for a minute. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, you'll have me searching my brain for that one. You're you're not the only one. People, it, it seems like hundred dollars is is a weird cap for people. It's but actually, there's no wrong answer. You know, I, I have a lot of people yeah. who say it's a certain book they read, right? Yeah, that's where my mind went after I said most answer, of those yeah. are still under a hundred dollars. Not all of them, but thankfully most yeah. of those are still under a hundred bucks. That's true. <laughs> What are you most proud of? My kids, you know, my kids and that um, they've, you know, my wife and I, I remember um, standing in front of a man and uh, at Shandon Baptist Church in Columbia, South Carolina, about what seems like a hundred years ago now. He's, um, he's a pretty well-known author. Um, he, Gary Ezzo, if you look up, if you've ever read, um, um, his books, you can look them up, but he did a, we went through a course called growing kids God's way about 50 times. I think, um, it really, and in just raising our kids and, and on the moment in, in those moments, you feel like it's never going to work and you're, you're getting it wrong. And, and all these questions that you have and you're arguing with God on a daily minute by minute, second by second basis. Why me? Why me? Why, why me? And, it's it's interesting. I remember standing there in front of had a had a few minutes. He was speaking to a large group of people at this church. It wasn't the church that we attended, but it was. Um, but he, but I, I spilled my guts of um, of everything going wrong as fast as I could say it in it. And he, all he did was look at me. It was so funny. It was such a frustrating answer they gave me. It, but but he he looked at me. And said, "Alan, it's going to be okay." And I'm like, I wanted to throw some four letter words at him truthfully, but I was in a church. So I felt like I might get kicked out, but, but it was, but I was just furious and it, and it hit me about, it's about a, not quite a year ago. It, it, I, I got the, I understood why he said what he did about, uh, about, uh, about it. And it took me that many years. And I, I think our, you know, our kids were all, little and I mean little meaning young they were now they're 33 years old to 21 years old but he knew the one thing that that I didn't realize at the time and it would take me that many years to figure out he knew I wouldn't quit he knew we weren't going to quit so he knew it's going to be okay and and so so yeah our, our kids are a great gift and and uh, we uh, we would have had ten if it had been up to me, but uh, my wife would run from me occasionally. So, <laughs> but but four but four was we had one. The joke was we had one every four years, whether we needed one or not. So, okay, 
it's a it's amazing everybody wants to rush knowledge but there are some things in life that just takes time experience and maturity mm-hmm. uh, it used to make me so mad when, when people when i was younger people would be like one day when you're older you understand i'm like shut up i'm gonna like yes yeah, so i was ready to punch people but yeah. at 43 reflecting back it's like yeah there there are so many things that fall into that category of you'll understand and see that perspective eventually it just takes some time to get there mm-hmm. alan we asked about your hidden talent what's one random fact people don't know about you for example like i can hear a dog whistle you hear a dog whistle i don't i don't have a dog whistle <laughs> yeah i can't i was oh, i see what you're saying you you can hear a random fact they don't know about me golly random fact they don't know about me I'm trying to think that i did i Maybe that I was a gro- that I was a bag boy at a grocery store and ran a ran a I ran a bottle room. They don't know that fact. They might have known I worked at the grocery store, but Publix. I, if you've ever heard of Publix, mm-hmm. I was that was my my first job where I, I was you know had like a paycheck. Um, I, I ran a lawn business that I thought I needed to get out of that would probably be worth a hundred million dollars if I'd uh, if I'd have kept doing that. <laughs> but but the fact that I was. Um, got that job and I ran a bottle room. Now for people now, they don't realize what a bottle room were, but bottles were redeemable and people used to bring them back to the grocery store. And there used to be a room in every grocery store that would house these bottles and be sorted. And myself and a guy by the name of Ronnie ran the bottle room in that store. So I doubt many people know that. Okay. What's something everyone should know about you before we dig into the meat of today's show? Mm, Something that I just... I just won't quit. All right. Resilience is a superpower. It really is. <laughs> so guys, we've been just spending a little time getting to know who Alan is, what he's about. In the next part of the show, we're going to start diving into weight, weight loss, and, and why you should care, right? With the current uh, speed of culture, we're trying to say that it doesn't matter more and more in popular mm-hmm. culture. And mm-hmm. I think they're wrong. And I think Alan's going to show some insights on that for us. We're going to roll to our sponsor and we'll be right back with more from Alan Thomas. Now, before we go any further, I wanted to share with you guys. I don't always tell you how much I love doing my podcast. Like I passionately love what I'm doing. And one of the things that makes my life better as a podcaster is to work with a company like grow your show, grow your show is a one-stop podcast. Do it all. Now, I use Grow Your Show for my marketing, but Grow Your Show is literally a one-stop shop. You can record your episode and just drop it off with them and they take it from there. It's amazing. If you are interested in picking up podcasting as a hobby, or maybe you're looking to expand your business and use podcasting in that aspect, talk to my friends over at Grow Your Show. Adam will take care of you. I guarantee it. I trust him. He's my friend. He's my business colleague, and I wouldn't trust anybody else with my show. Guys, welcome back. In the first part of the show, we spent some time just getting to know who Alan is and what he's about. In this part of the show, we're going to dig into weight, weight loss, and, and why you should care. Now, Alan, before we like go down this road, I, I made a statement before we went to break. The cultural shift right now in the media is they're trying to embrace body positivity and tell people it doesn't matter how much you weigh. It doesn't matter, right? 
they're they're embracing body positivity i think to an extreme mm -hmm. what do you think about this change well i i don't think they have to be mutually exclusive i think you can embrace it you know the cultural idea that you have to weigh a certain weight the bmi charts and all that i mean you know that there's it's a little bit hard to argue with um reality uh, i mean it's i think the author byron, byron katie is the one that said this uh and but i love the quote it's you know I, when i argue with reality i lose but only 100 percent of the time and so so it's the fact that they're embracing who people are i think is really where it needs to go i mean when and, and i'll give you kind of this question that i would encourage everybody to ask themselves uh, there's and because this is really what the truth is you know, let's just suppose that the creator of the universe, who who I know is Jesus, and but but others may believe somebody else. That's fine. Not not going to preach to anybody. But but Jesus shows up at your door with somebody, and he knocks on your door. You go to the door and you see it's Jesus. Now, after you pass out, because you're going to pass out, because the creator of the universe is at your door, and you come to and you get up and you, and you say, "What are you doing here?" And you say, "Are you here to take me home?" You say, "No, no, no. I want to introduce you to somebody, Brian." Now I'm going to use your name, Brent. Okay. So uh, I'm going to just because to make it personal and in the inner, he's, and you don't know who that person is. You can't really make out who they are. And they walk in, you invite them in, of course, he created the university comes in, comes in your house or your apartment or your home, wherever you live. And he walks in and, and as they're coming in, you like, I know who this guy is. I know who he's got with him. And, and he walks into the, to the room and, and that, that person with them, that man, in your case, that man looks, looks up and he's, and you see him and he says to you, he says, Brent or whoever is listening to this, fill in your name. This is the, this is the version of you. This is the Brent you could have always been at 43 years old. And that's because you just gave me your age just a few minutes ago. This is the Brent you could have always been at 43. What does that man or woman weigh, depending on who's listening to this one? What does that man weigh? Okay. That's your ideal weight. Okay. Now, if, if that weight doesn't fit on a, uh, on a, on a uh, BMI chart, so be it. But it's so interesting. I've asked that question literally thousands of times, because a lot of people come to me and want help with weight. And they think I'm going to tell them what to weigh. And I ask them that question. And they get, and it cuts to the truth quicker than anything I've ever seen. And it really has amazed me. And so, so I asked them that question and they're saying, but Alan, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, there's a gap here. There's a 50 pound gap, a hundred pound gap, a 200 pound gap, whatever. I don't know how to close the gap. And which I, I also don't believe that's true. And so, uh, because one of the things that we do in our, in our process, we, we will never tell any of our clients what to eat purposely because they already know. We will never tell them what exercise to do because they already know. And, but, and, it, and so it, it's really interesting. People say, well, well, but what do I do? What do I do? And I said, okay, let's, let's look at it this way. And I've asked this question a lot of times too. I said, so your gap is a hundred pounds. Let's say, let's say it's a hundred pounds and I'm not and but let's say that your, your family, you get a call on a, on a phone, your family's missing. The people you love most in the world are missing. And you can't find them and you, and you're looking around and nobody's, nobody's picking up their phone. Nobody's, nobody answers your calls. You're like, what's going on here? And, 
and when you get this call and it's and it's from an unlisted number, but you answer because you're looking for your family. And on the other line is a kidnapper and they've taken your family hostage. The people you love most in the world, the people that you that you do life with, the people that love you, that will would bail you out of jail if you were falsely accused, the, those people, they've been taken hostage. Your kids, your uh, if you're like a lot of people, your pet, whatever, they've been taken. And they're going to die unless you do this one thing. You have to lose one pound to close that gap, whatever gap that is, every week for the next how many ever weeks it takes. But here's the caveat. You can't call a doctor. You can't call a nutritionist. You can't call a dietitian. You can't consult the Internet. You have to do what you know in your heart is right as far as a way of eating and exercising if you're healthy enough to exercise to get there. And if you don't do that caveat, the kidnappers are going to kill your family. Okay. And if you don't lose the pound a week, the kidnappers are going to kill your family. Now, my question is, could you save your family? Now, now, Brent, I've asked that question hundreds, probably thousands of times. Every single time I've asked it, I get, yeah, I could save them. And so the third question I have, because, you know, we're not crazy. I mean, I, I was in the life insurance business for a lot of years and, and overweight and obesity and all that I can get in and all that. It's, it's, it takes years off your life. It takes quality off your life. It does all these things off your life. So it, it, it's a, it's a death trap more. I mean, one person is dying every seven seconds worldwide from an obesity related illness right now. There's people that died just a few, few seconds ago. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Another person just died. Obesity. That's how quickly it's happening worldwide. So my question, so we can't deny that it's, they can make it, they can make it okay to be over, uh, overweight, obese, morbidly obese, whatever. And I'm okay with that. I, I believe that the God in heaven that we, that I worship loves you, whether you weigh a thousand pounds or whether you weigh a hundred pounds, he doesn't, he doesn't look at the, 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 he looks at the heart, but he wants what's best for us too. And we know intellectually that, that getting there, do it, but you, but so you, you know that there's a gap. And you know you could save your family if it came down to it. So the third question is the one is the question that I ask people and that stumps them. It's harder than any question you ask me. The question for somebody who has that gap and know that they can save their family, which is every person I've ever asked, why won't you save yourself? And that's the, because, and so when they can make it okay to be morbidly obese, when I was morbidly obese, I weighed over 300 pounds. I know what it's like to sit between them and I'm 5'11". I'm not six, nine, seven feet tall. I'm 5'11". Three, 304 pounds is a, it, it, I knew it when I, when I reached that, but, and it was okay. People liked me. People compensated for me. I compensated with jokes. I compensated with everything in the world, but at the end of the day, I was not, there was a version of me that God created me to be because he had stuff for me to do. He had stuff to do for, for me to do that I couldn't do at 300 pounds because I was going to be dead. I mean, I, it, in, I used to deal with senior citizens in my life insurance business, and I, and I mean, I can go more into this. I never met a man over 65 that had 100 pounds extra. Now, they're out there. I've met some since then, but they are unicorns, man. They are unicorns. They are not. Now you meet a lot of ladies that have, that have that much weight when they're over 65, but they, but they end up having type two diabetes. They, they, they get the worst end of the deal. They suffer 
They suffer with knee problems, all these different things that we know about. But intellectually, all those health concerns aren't enough to move the needle for people because they already know it. I mean, they, they aren't. It's it's what is what is it costing somebody to be obese or morbidly obese like I was? And see, what happened to me, Brent, and the reason that it didn't matter to me what the what culture said or whatever is because my wife loved me, even though I was 100 pounds, you know, over 100 pounds overweight. She loved me. She was I mean, she was she was not going to kick me out because, by the way, it's the number three cause of divorce in America. Get that one. That one shocked me. Number three cause of divorce is weight gain behind infidelity, money, weight gain. That one shocked me. That one did. But she was hanging in there. She was going to stay married to me regardless. But I remember stepping on the scale on March 2nd, 2017. And I'd been fighting my weight for 30 plus years. I'd been, I'd been fighting it. I was trying the diet of the week. Like, you know, you name it. I'd been on it. I'd failed it most of them 10 times. I, I could have written a book on diets. I could have done all these things. But, but sticking to it, I couldn't do. And, uh, and so... But I stepped on the scale, and if it had read 299.9, nothing would have changed. But it read 304. It was the day after my 32nd, um, 31st wedding anniversary. I beg your pardon. I lose track of the years. We, we've been married so long. But it's 31st wedding anniversary. It was the day after March 1st, 2017. was our anniversary. March 2nd, 2017. Get on the scale. It's in the dark. And I see 304 pounds flash up at me. Now, what ran through my mind was not, oh, you got to go on a diet. What ran through my mind was in the darkness of that morning, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., I don't remember what time it was. I have to go back and look it up. Was the woman in the other room was going to be with another man. Not because she was out shopping for another guy, but I, I've got a, you know, I married a trophy wife. I mean, it's, a, it, she's, she's gorgeous. She's, uh, people look at her and say, what the heck were they thinking? What was she thinking? Why did she marry you? I mean, I get those kind of comments I have my whole life. So I'm, so I'm very used to it, but, but I knew that, that number one, I was 55 and I knew that that I'd never met a man that was over 65, that actually over 63 that had more than hundred pounds to lose. I'd never met a man. And now again, they're out there, but they're unicorns, but it was rare. And the thousands of houses I'd sat in with people over 65 years old, never met a man. They were the picture on the wall. They were this picture on the wall. And I would walk in the house and let's say it's the ladies, we used to call them Miss Johnson. You'd walk in with Miss Johnson and you'd say, and you'd look for building rapport with her. And you see this picture of the family and this guy in there. And I say, I say, is that Mr. Johnson? Is he around? Oh, no, Mr. Johnson passed. Mr. Johnson passed when he's 50, when he's 45, when he's 35, when he's 60, when he, whatever. What took him up? Well, it was weight related. Now, and I would hear those stories over and over and over and over again. And so I, so when I, when I stepped on that scale, I knew I'd be a dead man. I knew that I knew that my wife would be that Mrs. Johnson. She'd be married to somebody else. My kids, my daughter was 15 at the at the time. She's 21 now. She's 50. I knew she'd be asking another man to walk her down the aisle. I knew that my boys who call me, they call mom first when it's stuff, but when they when they need a would they need, you know, dad, what would you do in this situation? I get those calls. Somebody else would have to be there for them. And, and I, I knew all those things that were going to happen without me because I couldn't put down the freaking fork. I couldn't put it down. Now, I could make it okay to be, to be fat, that to be, I was fat. I'll call myself, I was fat. To be morbidly obese, I could make it okay. 
you know, my family loved me, all these things. But, but there's something that my, that my son, who my uh, second of uh, my four children, uh, my son Adam said to my wife, I found out later, which is really telling. He said to my wife, because if you don't, in, in, while they may make the mannequins in, in, in the obese size for men and women okay at the, at the stores, they may make it okay on media. They may, they may have conferences like they recently had one up in uh, Temple University for obese people making it okay. But the thing they can't do is they can't take this kid who's, when our son Adam was, he was probably like 16 or 17, um, and he said, on one of my many, many diets I've been, been on, it failed and quit. And I was going back to eating the way I was eating. And he said to my wife, and she didn't have the courage to tell me at the time because she knew it would have broke my heart. But, but she said it to me after I, got, I went on my weight loss journey. She said, she said, my, my son Adam said, I guess dad doesn't love us enough to get the weight off. So if you don't think it's impacting your kids, I mean, and I'm, I'm not talking to you, Brent. I'm talking to the people who are listening that, that know what I'm talking to them. And they know they don't have to, they don't have to see a, a, a sine wave. And if they don't think it's impacting their kids, my wife was going to bed every night, kissing me at night. She never would say it because she didn't want to hurt me. And she was wondering, would I be dead the next day? Because she knew the stats too. She knew the numbers. She wasn't saying it to me because she didn't want to hurt me. She didn't want me to make me feel it. She didn't want to be one of those nagging wives. Because by the way, the nagging never works, just so you know. My mother nagged me about my weight. And of course, when I was when I, when I I released all my weight, she was like, you're too thin now. I'm like, mom, stop. You know, God rest her soul. She, she passed last year at 92. But but what I'm saying to us is, is the cost, the cost, the cost of it is not, not what does it cost to get the weight off. It's what it costs. And start thinking of the years. Start thinking of those things. And, the, and so all of the family pieces that tie into this, they can make it okay. They being popular culture can make it okay to be obese because they're trying to speak to that audience. The audience is growing, Brent. That's why they're doing it. It's, it's just simple math. It's a marketing message. They're, the audience is growing. More than 40% of, the, of, our, of, of our culture is in the U.S. is obese or morbidly obese. More than 70% is overweight. And I think it's even higher. Worldwide, I can go down all these numbers. Growing by a million, at probably somewhere around 4 to 5 million a month is the growth number. 1 billion humans are are obese right now. One billion. That's a B. Now that counts adolescents too. It's about 650 million men and women. And, and so when I see that in the answer is not a freaking diet. More knowledge is not the answer. Just so you know, it's not. Everybody wants it to be. It's not the answer because they already know. I, and I think about, think about it. I actually talked to them yesterday. I check on them from time to time. A client of mine from 2020 is the only person I'd ever met that never been on a diet. I've never met somebody that was that was obese that never been on diet. I'm saying, and my my deal is, I say, I'm never going to tell you what to eat because that is not your problem. I promise you. You think it is? It's not. Do they have to change what they eat? Of course they do. Do they have to? Do what I prefer them to have broccoli rather than rather than a donut? Well, yeah, most of the time it's fish. I've done it once in a while too. I'm okay with that as well. But but at the end of the day, it's this this individual is named Sean and. He was, he had reached over 450 pounds. 
you know, some of it was from an accident, but it was, but it was from eating. I mean, it was, you know, the, the, you don't gain weight because you don't eat. I, I've never, there's no statistical evidence that I can find about that. So I know there are people who have more trouble doing it. There's all those different things. We tell us all these stories, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you got to put food in your mouth to, to, to gain weight. I don't know another way to gain weight that, or else people sitting in a nursing home on life support would be gaining weight. Some of those would be gaining weight. I, I don't, I don't think that's the case. And again, I'm not a physician, but I've just never seen any evidence. And I've even checked chat GDP recently to see if there was any evidence. I check it frequently. I have to see, is there evidence? Nope, no evidence. Uh, if you've got to eat food to gain weight. So now in, now at the end of the day, this individual, he said, but I don't know what to eat. I said, you want my help? I'm not telling you. And I asked him that question about his family being taken. Okay. That same, I've asked it before, but this one was really interesting because I, I was saying to myself, I hope I'm right here <laughs> because, uh, you know, and it was really interesting. And, and, and he's a very soft dog. He's one of the kindest, gentlest guys you'll ever meet. He's got a lovely family. And I said, if your daughter, if your two daughters and your wife were taken, I said, what would you do? What would you do? And he thought it phone went quiet. We were on the telephone, we weren't on, we on Zoom call, we we're on a phone call. I thought he hung up. I really did. I thought he was frustrated and hung up, but he didn't. He said, Alan, I've got the answer. It took about 30 seconds to come up with. And he was dead serious. Now, this is an individual who runs a massive division of a big, a big, big company. He's over thousands of employees. He's no dummy. Okay. This is not a this is an an, an entirely intelligent, successful individual. That this was his answer to me. And it was an intelligent answer, mind you. It was not a dumb answer. It will sound dumb to people who struggle with weight, but it's not a dumb answer. He said, I've got the answer. I said, what would you do? He said, I'm going to eat less. And you know what? Almost 200 pounds later now, it's working. He came out of a wheelchair. He came out, has been recognized internationally by his company. He's, he's won... He won the top. If you don't think weight's affecting your business life either, you're, you're, it, it, does, it just does. It does. He, he's become an inspiration to people. He's in his company. He's, he runs an operational division for the company. I, I don't know all the tech, but it's a, they, they employ 30 plus thousand people. I think 35,000 people worldwide. So they're not a little outfit. You would know them, their household name, but I won't get into uh, naming companies, but but he was at a dinner and he called me from New York when this happened. Cause I, I make everybody promise me when the things, when, when the things open up to you in your life, I want to know about them because I want to, that gives me purpose to know about them. And, and he called me, he says, he said, you said this stuff would happen. He said, but I didn't believe you that things would happen that weren't, that weren't health related. I knew those would happen, but I said, no, it's the other stuff I'm interested in. I want you to be healthy. I want you to live to hundred. I want all those things. And, and he calls me and he said, he said, CEOs of our company's just been talking about you. I said, he didn't know me. I don't know that guy. And, and he said, yeah, he said, I'm sitting there and they're, now this guy is an operations division of his company. He's not in sales and they're getting ready to, the, to um, award the, the international sales leader for the company. And they called his name. He's not even in the division. And what happened was, is what people notice when you start changing radically, people notice and they want to be near it. And somebody who owned, it, it was a very, it was a God story of how it went together. He, he it attracted the people that were, uh, that ended up coming to his company and they end up doing a deal. It's the biggest deal that company did, I believe that year, which is a massive deal because of his weight loss journey. 
So they give him the, it's the only time on record that he, that anybody in, in that company that wasn't in the sales division got the international sales award. So it was really funny. So, so we, so we can make it okay. Uh, the, the women can get the Victoria's Secrets ad, ads that, that have them, you know, a hundred pounds, the mannequins, hundred pounds overweight. That's fine. There's no shame. I, it's not about shaming people, but if we, if we argue with reality, we're going to lose only a hundred percent of the time. So it's, it's our culture just arguing with reality. That's all it is. What do you think is right? I mean, you, you can go everywhere online and find every diet, all the information you want to about every diet under the sun. Mm -hmm. There's always the new flash up fad diets besides the diets that have actually, you know, stood for some time and, and shown mm -hmm. some, you know, yes, mm -hmm. you can do this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a certified personal trainer and, I've told people, I was like, no, I can get you to lose weight eating jelly beans for, you know, food. It's, it's sure, sure. But, uh, right, there's there's those flash-ups that we see, and then there's the ones that actually, you know, science has their backing and stuff like that mm -hmm. that have been around. We know all this stuff about dieting. And consciously, the majority of us, whether we want to admit it or not, know that being overweight is not healthy for us. Mm-hmm. But this industry just keeps growing, right? More people, as you pointed out, are, you know, the obesity rate is growing. The diet industry keeps growing. People keep in this cycle of failure. What What do you think is driving this? Well, I think it's simple. I think there's there's a couple of things. It's simpler than we want to admit. It's that, is that we all want to be able to eat everything we want, as much as we want, whenever we want. And we're looking for the pill or the surgery or the or the magical diet that gets us to there. And it doesn't exist. And it will never exist. It's like the, I, I shared in, uh, in our Rethink Dieting Facebook group um, yesterday an article about these new weight loss drugs. And, I, and I'm, again, I'm not a doctor, but now all these side effects are coming out where it's at. Where it's at. We, we already know what to do. And the reason people say, well, why don't you tell people what to eat? And here's why. And, and when I went through my, whenever you, whenever you lose any weight, everybody in the world's going to ask you, what are you doing? Because they're looking for eat as much as you want, whatever you want, whenever you want. They're looking for that. That's what they're, I used to do the same thing. And so, so the reason I don't tell people what, what to eat is because when I first went on my journey and, and released all my weight, one of um so, and I, I was just helping friends, you know, like people would find out about it and say, and this, this lady in North Carolina asked me if I'd help a friend. And I didn't know the lady that she was referring me to. And, and I, and I told her, I said, this is what I, and the, this, and she, this lady had about a hundred and plus pounds of, of, of excess weight she needed to, she needed to lose. And I said, this will work, do this, 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 this. I gave her the formula, you know, the, the eating formula that I used. And she said, oh my gosh, I couldn't do that for this reason. She became a microbiologist. Now I wasn't eating jelly beans. It was all healthy food. Yeah. That made, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a jelly bean diet. It was, it was all common sense things. And, and it was, and she became a microbiologist like I used to and found all the holes in that way of eating, all the negative things about it. And I said, oh, I said, well, and we'll call her Jane. And I said, well, Jane, and it just popped in my head. I said, what'd you have for lunch? She said, well, I went to Taco Bell. Nothing against Taco Bell. She said, I went to Taco Bell. I said, you did. I said, what did you have for ta Taco Bell? 
and she's and she had the fried this, the chips that, the this that, and nothing wrong with Taco Bell. I believe Jesus declared all the food good. He just didn't say it all at once. Uh, but but all these things that she had, and so my next question that I asked her, most people will probably get this real quickly, was what you have for dessert. And she said, "Well, I had Kit Kats. I remember this like it was yesterday." And and I said man, I wish you well. I, I hope everything works out for you. And I got off the phone with her because she was a microbiologist when it came to going on an eating plan that made sense. But she stuck her head in the sand as far as her behavior was. And that's what we do. That's what I did for years. I mean, it, it, there's nobody. Listen, I know there are people that weighed more than more than I weighed, but I sat between those elbows. I know how they think. And so what we do in our, what we do with people is we force them to become an expert on themselves because we're all different. We're all different. I, I know it's, it's like, it's like a Kleinar's Rick, he heart attack survivor, which 50% of those don't make it by the way. So first time heart attacks is about 50%. So back he was alive was, he was a unicorn in that he was 70 years old. That's a unicorn. He's what the first guy I'd met that was over 70 that weighed he, 388 pounds was his weight been on diets for decades, um, walks with a walker because he has fused vertebrae, cannot physically do exercise other than just maybe moving that walker back and forth. You've seen people like that. He is the classic guy that has all these difficulties. And, but, but we, I know what to look for in people when I, I don't, our program is not for everybody, but I, I was positive we could help him. It made no sense. I'm like, how can this guy lose weight? He's tried for 50 years. He was, and it was just so interesting um when when we when we brought him in and we had him become an expert on himself we showed him how to become an expert on himself and how to apply it now now he's he's down he's still got a little more to go he he's he's about 240 something right now i don't know what that is it took him a little longer it took him two years but we teach him how not to quit we teach him how not to quit and he keeps on going and it's just so funny i mean it's 72 he's unrecognizable He's at Jimmy Carter weight. And I'm not saying this to boast of people. I'm saying, because it wasn't me. We just showed him what was already inside his brain, what was already available to him. And it was just so interesting to see, you know, with people with all the diet advice and all the this out there, you, you already know, you already know. I mean, do you, do you have, or is it going to be better to eat a vegetable than it is going to be to eat a pack of Skittles? Well, yeah, duh. But is a pack of Skittles off limits forever? No, that's nuts. I mean, I, I mean, you're not going to. I mean, people who say they will, good luck with that. I mean, it's like one of our clients, a lady that uh, she's she, <laughs> so funny. She came to one of our one of our trains that this she was she was down about forty pounds at the time. She says, "You know what I had for breakfast on Sunday morning?" I said, "What?" She said, "I had a donut." I said, "Good for you." I said, "Good for you." I said, "You figured it out, didn't you?" She said, I did. And she said, I didn't even want the other ones. My husband was so happy because he he's really thin. He was so happy. He got, he didn't have to, there was no food rule around it. It was just, she said, that's right. I said, it's possible. And it, and this is a woman who's a PhD, by the way, she's no dummy either. She's no, uh, and so it's, we all have this within us, whether you're somebody who is not a PhD, or you're just a regular man, regular woman, like we all consider ourselves, regardless who you are, it's available to you. But we, but we do the, the magic pill solution because what we really want is something that is unachievable. We want that, that, that thing. It's like money. If <laughs> I'm sure there's an amount of money that you can spend it all. 
but but there but for most of us we have to think about our money we have to think about how we're going to spend it we have to think about how it comes in but when it comes to weight we don't think about that we we want we we advocate because and this is the real scary part this is what what drives me is because we think it's always going to be them we think it's always going to be the other guy the other gal we think it's always going to be somebody else we think it's like I, I talked to a guy that broke my heart, his wife literally on the phone. She was on the phone with us too. And I was considering whether to invite him into our program. And she said she had already left him over his weight. She was, she was there in body, but she was gone. I mean, I wanted to cry for this guy over his weight. People don't realize it's damaging your relationships. It's damaging your wealth. It's damaging your business. It's damaging your dreams. It's damaging those things. And we miss it. And, and it's like, we all have a Hezekiah moment. I mean, and for those that don't know, Hezekiah bargained with God and got 15 extra years. That's really what's at stake here. You can do that, in, but you don't know when your Hezekiah day is coming. You don't know when the day when you're going to be taken out. And it, you think it's you. I've, I've talked to people that have had fa lost family members in their 30s over obesity. I've talked, and, and the one that really drew this attention to me was, was somebody who was... Um, who was who I, I wanted to bring in a program, but he wasn't quite ready, and that's fine. No pressure. And one of one of our staff, he uh, he followed up, and I was in California, and he said he texted me, said, "Call me now." And it was, and this guy's not like a alarmist. I mean, he was, but I said, "What's up?" I didn't know if something happened to him and his family or something, so I was concerned. So I pulled my way self away from a meeting in California that I was at, and and uh, called him. He said, "What happened?" He said, "You remember so and so." And I said, yeah, sure. I said, what happened? He said, he's dead. Two months later. Now, this guy was, this guy had, he, he was obese, but he had no signs of any heart problems, no signs of any, any health problem, no signs of anything, but he was gone. And, I, and what got in my mind, it was a heart attack. What got in my mind was what, if I'd have, if I'd have done, I, I, want, I wanted to beat myself up for not encouraging more to, to take action because I wondered if, if we could have saved him. And I don't know that's, but, but I don't, but I'll tell you, you don't know when the day is, you don't know. And people can say, well, God, I mean, this is the most classic one I get. Well, God knows my days. I get that a lot. I've had that from people that weighed over 500 pounds, by the way, God knows my days. And I said, yeah, he does. And I don't say it to them personally, because I don't argue with somebody that has a mind made up. That's a foolish thing, but, but it's, but God may know your days, but you have free will. If you're going to, we have a, a little highway running through the, our area. It's about 15 miles from my house. It's called I-95. If you look at a traffic cam on 995, it has about four lanes, five lanes each side. So it goes from anywhere from um, two to five lanes per side. So that's four to four to 10 lanes. And the traffic moves pretty quickly. It never goes at 70. It's always 80, 85, 90. So if I go and and uh, and God knows my days, and I decide to run back and forth across I-95, and I get hit. Is that my fault, or is that God's? Now, God already knew I was going to die, because I was running running through traffic, but he gave me the, he allowed me to have the free will to run across traffic. I'm not running across traffic. People that struggle with obesity are doing the same thing. Like it or not, it is. You're running across a lane of traffic, and you're praying you don't get hit by somebody that's 85 miles an hour. And the people that struggle. And that was me. That was me. And I say this from a, there's no shame in it, but not turning is where the, is where the challenge is not doing what you know to be done.
not doing the things. And so that's where, where our heart is on it. So I probably offended some people. Forgive me if I did, but I'm, I'm not very politically correct. We, we don't apologize for offenses here. <laughs> okay. I, I'm a big believer in the fact that people sometimes just need to be challenged to make intelligent choices in their life, whether that's about weight loss or other things in like your own personal mm -hmm. development and growth. We only grow when we're challenged. We don't. So we, we don't apologize for offense here because we generally try and stick to truth. Now, guys, we've been discussing weight and weight loss with Alan and why you should care about it, why it's actually important and how the culture may not be your best friend in this one. Mm -hmm. In the next part of the show, we're going to roll into weight loss. We're going to talk a little bit more about Alan's approach to weight loss and how you can apply that to your life. We're going to roll our sponsor and we will be right back with more from Alan. How well do you sleep at night? Do you toss and turn and wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Sleep is commonly one of the critical elements people fall short on in their life. The quality of sleep you get directly affects your ability to control your weight, your ability to add muscle, your stress levels, and your everyday job and life performance. If you're ready to move to the next level, then sleep has to be part of the plan. Check out our friends at ghostbed.com if you're ready to get your best sleep. I love my ghost bed. I've been sleeping on one for a couple of years and has made a huge difference in how I sleep. Hit ghostbed.com and use the code thefallibleman30 to get 30% off your order and start getting better night's sleep tomorrow. Now, let's go on to the show. Guys, welcome back. In the last part of the show, we were discussing weight and weight loss and, and why it actually may be more of a question you should pay attention to then our current societal standards are trying to push, especially in the popular media right now. In this part of the show, we're going to dig into Alan's take on weight loss. Now, Alan, you notably say weight loss is possible. The diet is not the solution. So yep. let, let's dig into that a little bit because there's a whole, you know, 60 billion plus dollar industry that's trying to argue with you on that. Uh, everybody knows some diet. Everybody's tried some diet. Mm -hmm. You say diet is not the solution. So let's talk about that. Well, it's not. I, you know, I tell people all the time. I mean, it's it, it's what we do at Rethink Dieting is it's not a diet. It's a decision. And, and and so so do you have to change what you eat? Well, of course you do. I mean, there, that's a that's a common sense answer. And and so I'm not saying that people don't have to change what they eat. What I'm saying in, in my, my focus and Angie's focus and what we what we teach our clients is is not about ignoring the elephant in the room, not to use a, an elephant metaphor. It, you have to pay attention to it, but to teach them how to to get past it so that they go the distance. Because what we do with weight, we, we know we already know what to eat. And one of the most common things. If somebody is struggling with their weight, it, well, I'll give an example. I've, I had somebody reach out to me the other day that they they had about 30 pounds they need to lose. But in talking to them, I realized that they they didn't need me. They needed somebody else who was an expert in a completely different field. And it had nothing to do with weight because their weight was not driving them crazy. Okay. And and when I say this, I mean, we've, we've helped people that had 25 pounds lose to 350 pounds loose. And in those, the common denominator of all the people is that their weight is on their mind every day, almost every day at some level. They're thinking about it when they walk in front of a mirror and all these things. It's not, 
but we sit there and look for these magic pill solutions that the next diet that the what you name the diet I've, I've been on it and and it was and I already had enough knowledge what I was missing was the decision so the to say that to say that the diet isn't the solution the reason I say that is because they already know you already know I mean if you're it's just like I said earlier when when I gave the that second question where if your life were on the line, if your children's lives were on the line or the people you love life were on the line, would you, would you save them by, by following a plan that you already know? You can't ask somebody, every person I've asked that question, I've said, yes, they can save them. So they already know. So if I go into, so what we do, the reason we don't go into this telling them to eat, you know, broccoli at two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, I'm just, that just popped in my head is because, they already know we for it when you when you focus on the thinking which is the problem they, and and I don't like to use the word mindset but that's where it is it is the mindset it for example it, it, one of our clients the other the other day he's he he's down more than 100 pounds from 3 years ago he's still down over 100 pounds but he's up a little bit like 20 30 pounds up and he's not that's not who he is anymore we teach him how to how to shift that focus to where they don't tolerate it anymore if you if if i told you that you were going to make if whatever your income is if i told you that you're um if let's say you make pick a number x amount of dollars a month and i told told you and, and I'm your boss and I say, okay, we're going to cut your income by 90% because we can, we can go offshore and get your, and, and this has happened to people and you're welcome to stay for 90% less. You're welcome to stay. Now your electric company's not going to like that. Your mortgage, if you have a mortgage, not going to like that. Your water company's not going to like that. All the, the grocery store is not going to go give you 90% off. So are you going to stay? Of course not. People don't, they find another way to get their income because they have a set point to their income. They have a set point and they get that income back. They find a way. And that's, that's what we do with weight. What happens is I made 299.9 acceptable, but 300 pounds was not acceptable for me. That was the, that was that set point. So it wasn't about the diet. I already had the solution. It wasn't, I already knew what to do. And that's the reason that I say it's not the diet. Do you have to change what you, yes. Do you have to do crazy to lose weight? No, no, you don't. And anybody tells you to do crazy stuff, if if it if your doctor wouldn't approve of it, don't do it. Now, most physicians only have about four hours of, of nutritional training, but they know what healthy is. They do know what healthy is. And I, and but but it was interesting with, with my doctor when I went in. I, I I was down about fifty pounds. He didn't know. He'd been trying to get me to lose weight for years, even though I had no serious medical problems. I was I I was that guy who said, well, I'm, nothing's wrong with me yet. Nothing's wrong with me yet, but I went in, I had a, had a cold or flu and I just went in to get him to check me out. And he said, Oh man, you're down like 50 pounds. First thing he asked me, what exercise are you doing? Now he lives about four blocks from me. And I said, well, you see me on my bicycle. I ride my bike and, I, but I'm not like one of those bike riders who's intense and has all the right equipment. I just did it because of fun. And I said, but what do you, and, and this is really interesting. What he said to me, this is a, this is a licensed physician who's a good doctor, well-known doctor in our area. And, and I said, what do you think exercise has to do with weight loss? And he holds up zero. I was shocked. I said, zero. He said, yeah, you can lose weight laying in a hospital bed. He said, now it's healthy to do exercise that you're going to feel better. You're going to look better. You're going to build muscle. I mean, all those things he was not, he, he said, that's, he said, people want to make it about this or about that. He said, you got to change the eating. 
you got to change that. You, you have to do what it was just so interesting. And, and one of the things that was so funny, what he said to me, he said, he said in that same conversation, he said, Alan, but I want to really encourage you. He said, when you get down in your weight range that you're, you're going for, he said, people are going to say to you, you're too thin because they're used to you being obese. This was really insightful. What he said, this was not his doctor's training. This was, but what he said was, was very insightful. He said, they're used to you being that they're used to you being at that set point is what he was saying. Mm -hmm. He said, but I'm going to tell you there, I, I have a lot of patients over 70, over 75, over, you know, geri geriatric patients is what I think he called them. I think the, the technical term, he said, you know, the most common thing of all the people that are near their ideal weight. I said, what's that? He said, they live. And when he said that, I was like, whoa, I said, and it, it went along with my thinking, what, what we're going, he's right. They live. That's the common denominator. They live. We think we got another day. We might not. And so it, it's just interesting. He said that. And again, exercise is important, but some people cannot exercise. I mean, we have a lady right now down about, I think she's down about 40 pounds. She's got an autoimmune disease. She cannot exercise hardly at all. And she's, but we, we teach her how to do the, the thinking part that she mentioned. Now she's, she's had a gastric sleeve, had a gastric surgery that, and this, we run a lot of people that have had these surgeries and gone through all the, the, I'm just the hell that they put you through because you physically, a lot of people have side effects from those, a lot of things. And I'm, again, not trying to be a doctor. Some people, that's the solution. Great. If it works, but, but we, we, we have a lot of people that come through a program that have had those and have gained all the way back. And because they didn't apply to the, the thinking part that is the secret and, uh, and they, and, and it's just so interesting, you know, to see people, you know, that shouldn't be able to lose weight, but they do. They do when they apply it because you cannot escape reality. You just can't. Do you have to change what you eat? Yes. Are you going to fall down? Oh, hell yeah. Excuse my language. You're going to fall down. You're going to fall down. I don't, I'm not being negative. I'm positive. You're going to fall down. You're going to have some situation, but to get through it, to get through it and to keep going and to not settle for, well, I'm 10 pounds down with somebody past the single serving size of Doritos that say family on them uh, because I'm 10 pounds. That's what I used to do. I'd get down about 10 or 20. Well, I'm feeling pretty good. The size 48 pants are a little loose, size 48 and uh, pants are a little loose. So ah, this one thing's not going to hurt me. And, and it's, and you go off the rails and you, and then you're right back plus 10 or 15. You didn't change your set point. You didn't change your thinking. So that's why I don't, <laughs> yeah, I could give them a, a list of what to eat. But if I, when I start doing that, then it becomes, the diet becomes the enemy. But if I, but if I get them to really own it, to take responsibility, just like you want your kids to take responsibility, just like, I mean, to own it. It's amazing how they figure it out immediately. I'm not talking about a week from now. I'm talking about immediately. Now, do they get better? Do they learn more? Of course, it's a process. But but do they? it's like, Sean, I'll eat less. That's where you start. That's the starting point. It's like running a podcast. You've, you've had 200-something episodes. Most people don't get one or two uh, out before they quit. And, and it's, you know now, at podcast number 200 and whatever it is, a lot more than you know on podcast one, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? Sean knows a lot more now at pound, whatever, almost 200 days down than he knew at pound one. 
it, it's funny because this, this resonates really deeply with me talking to you because I see this in personal training as well. You know, I get somebody. So personal training has always been a hobby. I finally got certified on it just so I could actually charge money. I've been training, training people for years without it. Mm-hmm. But I'd had people I worked at like my office when I was working in the IT sector. And then like, oh, Brent, you know, working this desk job. I was like, dude, I, I told you when you started, the magic number is 30 pounds here. Like without mm-hmm. fail, almost everybody who ever went to work at that side, I was there for eight years, put on 30 mm-hmm. pounds after they started working there because yeah. you just became much more sedentary. And mm-hmm. I, the amount of my coworkers who was like, man, I just, I don't feel as good. And I say, well, what do you need to do? Well, I probably need to get more active, right? Because we sit a lot here. I was like, well, that's a good start. Mm-hmm. I could probably stop going to McDonald's for lunch. That's that's a good idea. Let's let's do that. That's it. <laughs> like, well, I should probably drink a little less soda and, and a little more water. I see you always got your water bottle on your desk. I said, yeah, I always have my water bottle on my desk. Drink a lot of water mm-hmm. and coffee. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the, but they, they knew, right? I didn't have to ever ask, right? The only thing that ever really surprised anyone, I was like, you should turn off the TV center. What there you, you go. Bingo. And Bingo. nine times out of 10, the one hole that they did not automatically know they should fix was the amount and quality of their sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons that I have GhostBed as a sponsor. I own a GhostBed, but quality of your sleep has so much impact on the rest of your life right and getting enough sleep i found that's like the one thing where most of the people i talk to in you know who in training and stuff it's like well you can't run on five hours of sleep dude how old's your bed how do you sleep at no you can't do it what do you mean you're up till midnight watching netflix and you came in work at six and you think you're gonna have a decent workout this afternoon when you get off uh the, the common sense aspect is is really just like oh my goodness yeah yeah i mean we all read it. it it is and and it's it's not i mean it's like people you ask that guy five hours is five hours enough sleep he's going to say he's going to say no of course not but that's what he's doing the behavior doesn't match up with what they know and when they bring those in alignment it's amazing what can happen and and it's it's just it's also who you're around too. I mean, you, if you're if you're hanging out, I think Brian Tracy once says you're the your income is the average of the five people you hang around with most. It, you're, I would I would challenge your weight's probably the same. Your weight, you know, as far as amount of weight. If you're if you're hanging around with people that go to that are having these massive meals and different things, it's gonna be it's gonna be harder. But but at the end of the day, it's it, it, it is just there's so much common sense aspect, but there there's tweaks in it, too, that, you know, I, I guess when we're when we're working with people. When you under it was Archimedes said, if I if you provide me a lever long enough in a place to set it, I can move the world. And so you have to have leverage on yourself to get the job done because, you know, it's, it's the definition of insanity. I'm doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting a different result. It's not going to happen. You, you've got to change something about what you're doing to, to get the different result. And it's in the diet. You already know what they eat. I mean, come on. Come on, people. You, you know what to eat. But, but, what, but what you don't know is that your wife or your husband's laying next to you wondering if you're going to be alive. What you don't know is what you don't know is 
is your kids are not bringing their friends over. This happened to me. A kid's not bringing friends over because they're kind of ashamed that their dad is, you know, 290 something pounds before us 300 because that they, their, their parents were fit or you're, or you're, or you, you get passed up at work or let go because of your obesity or you, or you get, cause that happens a lot. 49 states out of 50, it's, it is perfectly legal to discriminate based on weight. Michigan's the only state that 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 you can't discriminate based on weight. Now they won't say it out loud. I talked to somebody the other day. They're positive they got let go. Positive they got let go because of their obesity. Because everybody in their office was fit and looked looked great, but this individual was had had you know was in the morbid obesity category, and they and they knew they were a performer, they were a producer, but they got let go, and the boss would never tell them what that reason for. So, so if you think that stuff's not happening, you can see you can make it okay everywhere in the world. You can run the ads, uh, you know, the, the the big guy, big gal ads, and make it okay to be obese. But I promise you, people are watching, especially your kids. Oh my God. You know, that was one of the big driver for drivers for me after I became a father mm-hmm. and, and I've definitely yo-yoed guys on, I, you know, I'm always honest on the show. I've all definitely yo-yoed. I have a little extra mm-hmm. around the middle that I struggle with getting rid of. And it's stupid. It, it's always me being stupid. It's never, <laughs> I'm not going to blame it on guys. Cause I know, I know it's me not saying no to the ice cream when I should or not having, you know, a, a little bit of ice cream. But having you know the the single serving size half gallons as we said sure so i know that but becoming a dad really started seeming in that my head is like i am creating this trend for my children oh yeah a path from the start spot on and and this oh man that is such a big one when when i get i do a lot of calls of people that reach out to me that you know just want to talk and i just I ask them about their kids and, you know, are their kids obese yet? Are they, are they a normal weight? And, and it's, and, and, and you find that so many of them are, and even the ones that aren't secretly in the back of the mind, the person I'm talking to is afraid their kids are going to follow them because they will. Moore's caught, Hey, I've raised four. Listen, the kid more is caught than taught. You can teach. It's, mm-hmm. I used to have, I used to have my kids memorize Ephesians 429 all the time when they said a four letter word. And I wonder where they heard the four letter word from. I wonder guilty. <laughs> so, so, but the point being is there more is caught than taught and we ignore it. But, but really the other factor too, which is, is the heartbreaker is, you know, if your secret fear, I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about somebody who's somebody struggling with obesity, you know, if their secret fear is that they're going to be incapacitated or they're going to be de- you know, die because of obesity uh, or weight, however you want to frame it. I just call it what it is. It's a be- obesity fear. That's a word I never liked to hear when I was uh, morbidly obese, but it's, it's obesity when, when it's over four, you know, 35 BMI and a 40 BMI, unless you're a bodybuilder. And so, but, but the, the point is what's it, what's the hardest part going to be for your family? when you're in the wheelchair because of the stroke and I've talked to people that this has happened to. And is it going to be them having to care for you and, and take time out of their life and, and all, even though they love you very much, or will they be ultimately resentful because you didn't fix it when you could have. And that, and boy, that one I've heard that second one is the big fear. A lot of people have. 
it's, yeah, they'll be resentful because I know my mom didn't fix it. I talked to somebody that she didn't fix it. I'm having to care for her and she could have fixed it. She knew what to do. And so it's, um, that's a big thing for <laughs> health. I want everybody to live to a hundred and plus years old and be healthy and, you know, frolic around the fields and everything and have that and be super healthy. But really I want them to have the life that they were born to live. You know, I, uh, my, my parents lived with us the last two years. Of my dad's or the last year and a half of my dad's life. My dad had a freak fam familial heart condition that none of us knew we actually had until he survived oh, it, um, which was a mm. act of God. Even, even the surgeon, we had the best heart surgeon in the world for that mm -hmm. condition. Mm -hmm. He's like, I cannot tell you why your dad is alive. I'm the very best. I can't tell mm -hmm. you why your dad is alive. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. you know, a lot of surgeons are a little hardened to giving God credit on things. My brother and I looked him square in the yeah. eye and said, God's not done with that yet. My dad's yeah. been a mission supporter preacher for 40 plus years. And the doctor looked us in the eye and said, you know what? That's as plausible of an answer as anything I could possibly tell you about why he's still alive. Mm -hmm. But the last year and a half, they were, the, my parents were at my house. My dad died in their room here. And mm -hmm. it took my brother and I and four firemen to carry my dad out of the house because he had put on so much weight. Wow. We had to do... Like there, there was a fee for him being exercised, having cremated, but it took my brother and I are not small people. It took us and four firemen to carry him out of the house. Yeah. And all I could think was, I don't ever want my children experiencing this. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of those stories, man. And I have, that's not I, the first time I've heard that. Wow. I'm so no. sorry I had to go through that. You know, I, and I love my dad, but it's like, it's one of those things as a parent, it's like, I'm looking at this going, I don't want this. I don't want my kids in this spot with me. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't his way to kill him, but it, this, that, that way of having to go through it. Alan, we gotta, we gotta land this plane pretty quick. So this is a speed round. Okay. Yeah. Three steps our implementers, our listeners can take right now after listening to this podcast to start changing their world? Well, first one I'm, I'm going to give them because it's actually got five steps on it. But, I, but if they go to go to transformmyfuture.com forward slash fallible man, they can actually watch a free training where there's nothing being sold and they can do that. So transformmyfuture.com forward slash fallible man. And that's a that's about a forty plus minute training. Will you type fast? You did good. <laughs> they go to that that site and they will see and they they can register to watch a free training. That training will walk them through a lot of the, the basics. But but that's step one, and that's it. And that's not a that's because it's takes more than three question three answers on that but this that's a pretty quick one and i've had people that literally have people reach out to me that they lost 30 40 pounds just by following what i said doing that training and so that's step one Se second step is look yourself in the mirror look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself if you can do better ask yourself if it's if, if you are you willing to take responsibility for for this just have a co honest conversation with yourself i mean that that's the thing have an honest conversation in with yourself and ask yourself if you can do better and it's not about being getting in your skinny jeans that's not what this is about do i want you to if you want skinny jeans great that's awesome but it looked great at, but but at the end of the day that's not what it's about is can you do better and the the third question 
is is really that third question I ask in in the for the podcast listeners if they fast forward through it, go back and listen to those first two. Jesus showed up at your door and and was uh, and and just introduced you to the version of yourself you always could have been at your current age. What does that person weigh? Second, the second thing was, could you save your family if you if you had to lose a pound a week? And this third question and that third question are the same. Why won't you save yourself? So I hope I, I know I get through about 20 questions in there with it, but that, but, but that's, but that's really is. And because you don't, you might not get a second chance. Believe me, there is nobody in the emergency room right now that plant, they don't make reservations a week in advance for the emergency room. They do a call ahead some places, but they don't make reservations. The reasons because they're surprised. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And, and it's, and so you might not have somebody listen to this. What my prayer is that somebody will hear this, that it will save their life. I actually actually got an email from somebody that that happened to come across our training watch. It was a lady, she'd lost her weight, but she was worried about her husband. She'd lost most of it. She was about halfway there. And she had she sent it was on Mother's Day. She sent me an email thanking me for saving her life. And I I'm I didn't know this person and I she watched the training and and she because I talk about how what a risk for heart attack and all of this and that in that the training not to shame people she actually had a heart attack that day a massive heart attack that day and she said she wouldn't have been tuned into it and she sent me she says i'm i'm here for my kids because i watched your retraining and i'm like wow i mean that really that touched me i showed my wife like holy smoke and and so but the thing i say to you you don't know when the last day is don't rush it what's next for alan thomas What's next for Alan Thomas is, you know, we're on a mission, really, it's a simple thing. We, we want, we help men and women who struggle with weight lose the pounds that hold them back from living the extraordinary life they were really born to live. And, and our, our dream is, is a simple one. It's a, it's kind of a big one. It's a God-sized dream is to change the trajectory of obesity. That's going to take about 4 million people a month to do it, probably a little over. And I don't, I don't have a clue. So when it happens, nobody's going to be able to give me any credit. I was just the, the instrument because I mean, who think about it, how do you get people to lose hundreds of pounds without a diet or exercise plan? That's a God-sized thing. It's just the most counterintuitive thing in the world, but we do, we help people lose a lot of weight because because here's the deal that for me to find the next one, you said, what's next for me to find the next man or woman that's struggling with obesity and rescue. Well, you know, it's, it's a big plan. I like it. It's small ambitions yield small results. So I, I like it for sure. Where can people find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? Best place is transformmyfuture.com, which you put up there, but go to that transformmyfuture.com fallible man, put that back up. If uh, people that's, they spell transform my future is transform myfuture.com and then forward slash fallible man. And they'll be able to watch that training. That really does it. It, it speaks to it. Uh, I get emails all the time, man, it makes sense. It's in, there is no diet advice in there. If you're looking for a diet, by the way, I'll give them this. They, this is something your guests may not have ever heard of. This will be helpful in diet advice. There's a site called Google. They might want to check it out. I hear it's pretty busy, pretty good. <laughs> so, but at the end of the day, it's a decision. It's not your diet that's stopping you from holding you back from losing weight. Now guys, we'll have all those links because we want to make sure that you can find Alan and find out more about him. Uh, as usual in the show notes and in the description, whatever platform you're listening to this on or watching this on, 
if you're following us on YouTube. Now, we know the big question you're all concerned about is what type of food holds the world record for being most stolen around the globe? Oh, forgot. <laughs> Chocolate. Your second guess was actually correct. Cheese. Cheese is the most stolen food around the globe. It's estimated that as much as 4% of cheese products around the world are stolen. Wow. That is interesting. Well, <laughs> I know that was like the high point. Everybody was waiting for that. No, no. I was. No, I am good. Hey, man, I'll remember that one. <laughs> that is. I'll take us out today. If people listening hear nothing else you say, what is the one takeaway you want them to hear? Action. They've got to take action now that because you don't know when you don't know when you won't have a chance to take action. All right. That's it. Take action. Massive. Guys, from the fallible man and Alan Thomas, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks for listening. Go do something great. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today. And we'll see you in the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.